Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Come on. Welcome to The House. Let's go. Listen. Listen, I know you got your amen dialed up and you are ready to come on, receive the word. It's good to come to the house. It's good to come to the house of the Lord. I didn't write that. <laughs> it's in the Bible. I'm just saying. So, so it's good to come to the house of the Lord. And I know that, um, man, uh, there's been a lot to think about in 2020. Um, and, um, and there have been maybe even a lot of things that you have been processing that's not even on the national, federal, and state level. Maybe it's just been in your home. You know, the truth of the matter is, I love that the Bible was written so that we could have a place to go when things don't meet expectation or there's conflict or there's frustration. We go somewhere. Uh, uh, th- this is maybe new to everybody, but but the first thing that we don't go to is Facebook. Um, as a believer, uh, uh, I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, um, we go to we go to the Word because here's the thing. Can I just be honest? There have been countless times in 2020 where my emotions were raging. If we were going to be honest, how many of you have t- tweeted or posted something? And then at the last second, deleted it. Don't raise your hand. We just know there's a bunch of you. Come on. Just like, oh my goodness. And then in that moment, I'm just, can I just be transparent? Can you all handle that? In that moment, God's always like, Stephen, are you in love? No, I'm right. You know, come on. And so then I start my wrestling with the Lord and he's like, post it if you love them. And then I'm always like, then I have to pull back. I have to be a whole lot more creative. Does that make sense? If anything that I've posted frustrates you, you can already know I've thought about it and rewritten it 25 times. That was the best I could do. The truth is, life gets heavy. And if you're here, we're so grateful that you, you came. And if you're watching online, we believe that um, that what we need today is we need to be reminded that the Spirit of God is still hovering. God is still on the throne. And listen, listen, listen. I'm not saying that because I'm coming from a position of loss or a position of win. I'm coming because both good and bad were in the same tree. Does that make sense? And so if... There is some justification because you feel like you won or, or heaviness because you feel like you lost. Then I want you to just take a hundred steps. Just t- take a little bit of step back and, and let's begin to look at the Bible. And let's begin to navigate that. And then let's let that lead us and see what God's going to do. Does that, can, can we do that? Can we do, because here's the deal. You can't have a conversation with a believer if we don't believe this. It's very hard because then we're picking and choosing what we believe. This is the foundation. We open it up and here's the deal. God didn't write this so that we would agree with it. God wrote it so that we would change our mind. 
You know what I'm saying? He wrote this so that he knew in the Old Testament there were prophets that rebelled and they had to be changed. That happened in the Old Testament. There were In the Old Testament, there were prophets that said exactly what God wanted and they were attacked. If we are not careful, we will base our current culture off of assumptions and not off of his word. And we got to go back. Come on. The church has at least got to stand on the word. And then from that, we derive our position and we derive what we think. Come on. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay. Listen. No matter what goes on in life, you are not going to be uh, adversity free. There is going to be adversity. We are all going to have to negative, have, navigate thoughts and emotions and difficulties. And there are heavy moments, moments of incredible pressure, moments where we feel like we just can't wait to jump back in. We can't wait for to move forward. And every time we feel like we take a step, there is a hurdle, there is a roadblock. And the truth is, if in any season, um, you just want to throw your hands up and like throw in the towel and like, okay, I'm waiting for the trumpet to blow. Like secretly you're jumping in your house just wondering if... It's it's time. And um, man, you know what? We all face struggles. We all face adversities. I saw my mom many times going through hard moments. Katie and I have gone through hard moments. And, I, and, and I've seen you, those of you that we've journeyed with for a while, I've seen you go through hard moments. I was talking to a man a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he was telling me his story. And um, we kind of reconnected. And he said, you, you know, Pastor... Uh, in the past, I hadn't been doing so well. I got, I got addicted. I, uh, I became an alcoholic. And, uh, I mean, I really hurt my family. And he said, that moment caused a pivoting in my life. In the last nine months, I, I've been sober. Uh, the last nine months, I've been learning. The last nine months, I've been growing. Um, but the last six, seven weeks of my life have been hard. And uh, it's been a hurdle and, you know, it, it was, you know, I know it was better when I was addicted, but it seems harder. Come on now. And he said, Pastor, I feel like I'm walking in the wilderness. I feel like I'm in a struggle and, and it's hard. And I don't know about you, but you may feel like you're navigating the wilderness. You may feel like you're in a tough moment and it's in these moments that we have to go now what? Now what? When we don't get to control an outcome, now what? When something happens with our family, now what? When something happens with uh, um, a doctor's report, now what? When we hear that our job's going to position and there's going to be layoffs, now what? And we will all have a season of now what? And so that's what I want to talk about today. That's my assignment. Turn with me if you have your Bible to Psalm 63 and we're going to jump into a couple of thoughts. Psalms 63, <laughs> as you are turning there, let me set up this verse for you. David 
is older and he is remembering a time when he was in the wilderness. Now, what we don't know, we know that there were many times that he was in the wilderness. We just don't know if this time it was because Saul was wanting to kill him or um, Absalom, his son, was wanting to kill him. But either know, either way we know he is running in the wilderness and someone's trying to kill him. You know what I mean? And, and so maybe you feel like you are running trying to save your life, trying to save your family, trying to do, and you just feel like there is an all-out attack on you. I want to gain some perspective from David. Well, who was David? David was a king. David was anointed by um, Samuel. And he is the one in the Bible that God says, David had the heart after me. Now, if... in all uh, transparency, David was not always the best guy. Uh, David made mistakes. Um, David blew it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, David had moments where he was very unethical. Um, but God still used him. And I think that if I'm going to be transparent in my own life, navigate him 45 now, I haven't made every right decision. Um, I haven't, I mean, I've been in church for 35 years, but I haven't always operated off of the standard of God's word. Maybe you have, and you can feel free to judge me. It's cool. Um, but I, I just think that we can learn something from a guy who is in the wilderness running, struggling, frustrated, hindered. Let, let, let's open this up. It says this. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. In a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary beholding your power and your glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will... Praise you. We need to take a pause. We need to look at what David is saying. Psalm 63 begins with David's pursuit in God. He cannot control the wilderness. He cannot control the attack. Listen to what I'm saying. Come on, I'm coming for you today. He cannot control what's going on, but he can control what he does. David is in the wilderness of Judea, in the land of Canaan, where the promise is, where the milk and honey flow. He is in proximity where God said to be in a battle and a war running. Come on. Many times God uses the wilderness as a season to develop his people. Today, I'm talking to some of you that you may feel like you're in the wilderness. Israel... God's chosen people spent 40 years in the wilderness. David was many times in the wilderness. I would like to submit to you today that the wilderness season is part of your spiritual growth. It's part of your spiritual growth. Here's the thing. In the wilderness, it is in the struggle that you find him. 
It's in the struggle when things don't meet your expectations, when things are beyond your control, when there is frustration. It is in the struggle that we begin to bow our knees and pride no longer works and performance no longer works and our job no longer works. It's in that moment that we find God. Wilderness moments help you overcome doubt. They build dependency And they develop strength. David tells us in retrospect, when I was in this season, here is the song I wrote. Here was the song, the psalm I wrote. And the first thing that David did in the wilderness is he was seeking God. Today I'm asking you to seek Him. To seek Him. To turn from this or that and to begin, come on, to seek Him. To seek Him. I'm not asking you to to navigate your life based on the biblical acumen that you have built into your life over the last 20 years. It's one thing to know the truth. But David didn't say, I run to the Lord with my mind, my soul. Thirst. And we have a lot of people, come on, in church serving God with their mind. But not pursuing God with their soul. And it's a different type of thing. It's different. And so because, I'm not saying that we don't use our mind. Dear Lord, we need some people who use their mind. I'm not saying don't use your mind. I'm saying that if you're not careful, you will study theology. You will know scripture. You will be in your mind. And what will happen is you will work your whole life trying to train your body to overcome flesh when it can never overcome flesh. And that's why we have people who come to church and hear the word and get a little passion and get a little excitement. And the preacher says, God, can you can be free and you can overcome. And they believe it and they just... <laughs> and they think, okay, well, I'll read the Bible for morality training. And I'll just you know, make some some lists and I, I'll, I won't look at bad internet and I won't do this. And so they spend their whole life trying to move their body to a place where it's not flesh, but it will always be flesh. And the Bible says all of that is vanity. And if we're not careful... In moments and seasons when we're training our body to do well, we will be prideful. I am the best Christian here. I remember when I used to be like you, even though we don't say it, we just think it, we think it. We don't ever say it, we just like, oh, you must be a baby Christian. I used to have that struggle. Come on. And so either it produces doubt and frustration or it produces self-righteousness. But David said, I go and I unlock my soul. Can I tell you the body affects the soul? The soul is... um, um, uh, What am I trying to say? The body affects the soul and the soul affects the body. I mean the spirit. Dear Lord, what am I saying? Sorry. And so when you're trying to live your faith... By only managing your body, there's got to be soul moments in your Christianity. There's got to be soul moments, come on, listen, where you seek Him. 
on the mountaintop. Everybody loves the mountaintop. Come on, believers. If you've been at church, you know that the mountaintop, I mean, come on, that's what we live for. And when we say mountaintop, that's, that's the top. That's when God speaks. That's when you take off your shoes. That's when you walk on holy ground. There's no fungi. I mean, like, like there's some great things, come on, on the top of the mountain. On the top of the mountain is when you're hearing God speak. On the top of the mountain is when your defense is well because you can see the enemy coming. On the top of the mountain where there's incredible clarity. But it is in the wilderness that a lot of character has been built. Wilderness seasons aren't fun because they're hard. In the wilderness you feel separated and isolated. Come on and distant in the wilderness is a time of stripping away. Questions arise. You wrestle with doubt. It's where the Lord interrupts your comfort and stability to reprioritize your focus. The wilderness is a time of testing. There are reasons for the wilderness. The wilderness begins to change your pursuit. It is interesting that David in this season is not looking for rewards. He's not looking for resources. He's not looking for a raise. He's not looking for a relationship. His soul is crying out to the Lord because his body has tried to do everything it can do, but it can't stop what's happening. Just because You're in a place that you don't want to be. Doesn't mean you're in the wrong place. God is the source of spiritual water. And David said, my soul thirsts. And I'm talking to some of you. When is the last time your soul has thirst? Get out of your mind. I'm not saying that we don't think. I'm not saying there aren't things that we need to do over the next couple weeks. I'm not saying all of that. But I'm saying where is your soul? Your soul. Because your soul will unlock faith, hope, spiritual things. Your soul. Our body is five senses, physical. It's desiring, craving, temptations. It's flesh. That's the body. The soul is your life. It's your core. It's your conscience. It is the connector. And so if you are only here with your body... then there's no different from the church and the club. My body. <laughs> Telling me, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was, it was getting a little heavy. Um, <laughs> but you can be here in body. You can be here in body. But that doesn't mean that you had a moment where God touched your soul. Matthew chapter 10 verse 28 says, And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both the soul and the body in hell. Your soul connection is the way that we begin to connect without God. There is a dryness. And you will, listen, you will waste away. Our bodies are 60% water. You can't live just 
coming to church. You've got to thirst for Him. Come on, somebody. You've got to come. There's got to be moments where you lift your hands, you lift your eyes, you, you take a knee, you, you begin to worship. Come on, not man, not ideology, but Him. He's the one. He's the one that I'm worshiping. He's the one. When is the last time that you seeked Him? There will be dry and barren and waterless moments. But your soul, can I tell you that education doesn't fix flesh? Don't come here every Sunday just to be educated. That doesn't mean that we don't want you naive. The Bible says to study to show yourself approved. But we don't want your education to be a way of managing your flesh in which you can never manage your flesh and so that you always live like it doesn't work. This doesn't mean that we don't have spiritual disciplines. This doesn't mean that we don't turn away from things. I'm not making sin okay. I'm just saying that if you don't ever connect in your soul, if you don't seek Him, come on, if you don't have a moment in his presence, David was not weak. David was a killer. If you study David, he was a killer. There was a song that people would sing, Saul kills thousands and David kills ten thousands. David was not a wussy. David was... David was patriot before patriot. David was better than Mel Gibson. David was, David was not a sister. But David said, I can't fight out of this one. I can't fight out of this one. I can't cut my way out. I can't fight my way out. So I will lay my sword down. I will lay my knees. And the first thing I do when I get up is not go on a rampage. But I will come into the presence of God because he is where my help comes from. Come on, church. You've got to seek him. You've got to seek him. The, when David uses the word God, he uses the word Elohim. Elohim is a term for God and it is the first term for God when we open Genesis. Elohim means the God, the living God. David says, early I wake up and I focus on the living one true God. David said, what I found in the sanctuary were two wonderful things. I found power and I found glory. That's what we're hoping you find when you come. Come on, power that that. That he alone is my answer and glory that there is no one like him. He is majestic. Psalms 63, 4-7. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. People always think, well, why do y'all lift up your hands? Y'all are a weird church. Just in the Bible. Like all the kids... When David was king, wanted to be David. You know what I'm saying? The Kobe, Michael, Jordan, all of that argument. David was the guy. I'm David. You're always David. I want to be David. I want to be. You're always David. That was that was the conversation. 
And David said, I, I lift my hands. I lift my hands in worship. See, we have digested this idea where spiritual connection is for women. But the Bible says that if you're going to let me build your kingdom, you serve me like I'm the only one. And so you can have dignity in the world and they will limit you or you can be undignified before him and he will promote you. Come on, does this make sense? Come on, help me. Listen, I lift my hands. My soul will be satisfied with the fat and the rich food. Come on. Basically what he said is, listen, you're better than big orange. You're better. You're better than the cheese dip. The cheese dip is really, really good. If you haven't gone to big orange and tried the cheese dip, do that. (laughs) But God, you're better than that. In other words, David is connecting the fact that I run to many things that please me. And I use these surrogates, food, fun, relationship, hanging, whatever, to try to cope. But in this season that I am in, none of that will do. the, the, The steak... That is on the hot plate, the hanging out at the amusement park, the bonus check, where I'm at, none of that is working because I can't get out. My mouth will praise you with joyful lips. Let's just preach that for the next 52 weeks. Joyful lips. Joyful lips. Not lips of criticism, not lips lips of hate, not lips of like, listen to what I'm saying. We can fight for liberty and we can stand our ground, but we can do it with joyful lips. Our lips. That's what Jesus, that's what David is saying. Like, I changed my lips. In other words, I can't bring that. I I am talking about your goodness and your greatness. And my lips change. I remember you on my bed. I meditate in the watches of the night. Come on. Come on. We got a culture that we're wondering what's going on in our world. Like, we're actually having a conversation about pedophilia in in our culture. But people are going to bed not thinking about God. They're thinking about the office. I'm not mad. I'm not not coming for you. But there's a little bit of, if he is the greatest thing and he is the only thing, then he may need to be something in my thoughts. Come on. Listen. Look at this. What is this? I meditate you in the watches of the night. In other words, that when I, when I have all of this going on in my head, I begin to act on your word. For you have been my help in the shadow of your wings. I will sing for joy. Think about the shadow. I mean, this is not like a <laughs> shadow. You know what I'm saying? Like when you were a kid and you saw a shadow and you were like, oh my God, scary. 
David understood that the heat of this world and the pressures of this world are very real and they're very intense. And if I want shade from the heat, I've got to get close. God is not running after me to protect me. I'm running to Him because He has the shade. In a lot of our lives, it feels a little bit like we're running and God's like, wait guys! <laughs> I'm the shade! <laughs> God's like, come on in if you want it, buddy. Right here. Come close. Say no to something to say yes to me. Come close. And here's the deal. I'm not telling you that it will not be hot. I'm telling you, you won't feel the heat. I'm not telling you that it, you won't feel it. I'm not telling you that the temperature won't rise. I'm telling you that under my wing is, the, is a shadow and I am almighty. Come on, somebody. And if you come in close and you give me what you have, don't resist me. Come toward me. The second thing that David teaches us is that we have to praise him. Not only do we seek Him, but we praise Him. We praise Him. Worship is the one thing that God cannot give Himself. We give Him worship. Worship means it's given to something, come on, higher. David arrived at a very powerful place, even though it was a place he didn't want to be. And what was the place of power? Is that even when it's uncertain and even when I can't control it, even when negativity f floods my mind, even when my struggles and my trials are all around me, I don't lose my praise. I don't lose my praise. I praise over the problem. I worship over the worry. I sing over the struggle. In His shadow, it's not scary. It is shade. Come on. David opens his mouth to praise. He lifts his hands in the wilderness. You may feel like over the last six months you've just been wondering, maybe the job changed. Maybe you're so done and you're ready to be finished with college. Maybe you're tired of fighting your health. Maybe you are so annoyed with the political season and what's going on. Maybe you're just ready to get married. Lift your hands. Lift your voice. Meditate on God's goodness. Remember, church, we praise Him. Come on, in the struggle. When people talk to you about problems and positions, when the post gets ugly, when you feel like you're not moving forward, when, you're, when the school calls you about one of your children, what I'm telling you is you have a choice. You have a choice. Will we lift our hands? Will we acknowledge Elohim? Will we acknowledge God? In that moment, can I tell you something? When we lift our hands, when we lift our hands in worship, we are sending out communication to our flesh so that you are not in charge, to our spirit that we want you, Lord, to our Father that you are first, and to the enemy, the hurdles and the problems will not overcome what God is doing in my life. Some of you can send a message. What hinders worship? When we come in, what hinders our worship? It's always three things. It's always my pace, my people, or my pleasures.
That's what hinders worship. My pace. I'm way too busy. I haven't thought about God at all. In fact, I didn't even know it was Sunday. It came up. My alarm was like, hey, it's Sunday. You should go to church. I was like, okay. I barely had time to stop to come. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. If you want to know him, there is no um, quick reading book that gives you everything you need to know. What is it? What The people in our life. Listen, listen, listen. We, the people in our life, the voices in our life, the, the conversations in our life. There was a season when Paul had to leave some people to get stronger. The assignment on your life is the biggest loyalty. I'm not saying that we want to be at the church that ends all friendships. We want to walk with people if we can. We don't want to judge people. Come on, walk with me on this. But the truth of the matter is, there are some boundaries that we have to set. And being a Christian doesn't mean that you are a garbage dump for the devil. And everybody gives to give you all their junk and you just take it. Come on. Boundaries have to be set. And here's the deal. If we're not setting boundaries, then there's a lack of courage. You're not just being nice. Here's the flip side. If everyone in your life you're wanting to control... And you only hang around people who are just like you. Jesus did life with those that were learning. And Jesus walked pretty much every day around a crowd who didn't even know who he was. That is the balance for a believer. We're walking through crowds. We're connecting with people. We don't know who God's going to use. And we walk through the crowd going, hey, you know what? God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for you. And we don't know who's going to come and we don't, we don't get to control that. But you know what? When we're done with that, we come back to the fire and people ask questions. Hey, what do you think? Come on, does that make sense? Yeah. Our pace, our people, our pleasure... In David's life, nothing else mattered. We get to affirm over and over again that he is our help. Psalm 63, verse 8 through 11. Come on, is this good? Are we learning? Come on, come on. My hope clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek to destroy my life shall go down to the depths of the earth. In other words, those that coming at me... hey. Their plan for my life is not going to work. Some of you are believing that your dad, your mom, government, there is a plan, come on, on your life. And you, listen, people are coming after you. A lot of people read Psalms and go, wow, David had a lot of issues. He needed counseling. Like, this guy is like, they're coming at me, they're not coming at me, they're going to kill me, they're not going to kill me, they're running. And some of us run through all that because it's like, I don't even relate to that. I have nobody, no enemies. Everybody loves me. I'm, I'm the Barney of the world. I just believe that there's more in you than singing and dancing. I believe there's influence. And I don't believe that we have to cause problems. But if you have success 
there will be people who want to tear it down. If you're winning, someone in your family is going, well, you know they only got that because... Come on. You start winning in business, and everybody's like, well, you know, because the ball thing... David was the king and everybody was coming after him. You may be a manager. You may be the vision leader. You may have a great family. You may have whatever. And other people are looking at you going. Here's what I can tell you. You can't stop that. But God can defend it. You can't stop it. So can I just give you just like one little lesson? Stop being offended over your the battle that's not yours. Let God do that and you just keep running so you're not destroyed. Does that make sense? Like you're not getting me, you're not getting me. Your job is not to get tired. His job is to go doomed to the earth. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he's got a job, you've got a job, but your job is not to run back and go, ah! Because everybody's going to get nicked. Confidence and courage comes from proximity. Listen to what I'm saying. Look at this. 10. For they have been given power. They have been given over to the power of the sword. And they shall be a portion for jackals. In other words, they not going to win. This is is the nanny nanny boo boo part. Come on. I'm not going to tell you to stick your head anywhere. All right, listen. But the king shall rejoice in God for all who swear by him shall exalt. In other words, those that are for me are going to thrive. But for the mouth of liars, they will be stopped. Come on, does this make sense? Here is what David tells us. The first is when you're in the wilderness, seek him. The second is don't lose your praise. And the third is keep your hope in him. Keep, come on, look at your hope in him. Church like never before, we need hope. We don't know what's going on. We don't know who is lying and who is telling the truth. We don't, our hope is not in the Supreme Court. Our hope is in him. It's in him. That doesn't mean that we won't challenge. It doesn't mean that we don't want fairness. It doesn't mean that we don't want anything. But what, here's the deal. My hope is not in a system. Come on, that man made. My hope is in the Lord. Either way. The church has to be in the world, but not of it. That's a very fine tension. It's a very fine tension. And I'm going to tell you the honest truth. There's been times that I have been a little over here. I haven't been enough here. And I'm navigating it all the time. But the truth of the matter is, we don't live in the Old Testament. We do have a vote. We're not under a king. And so we get to go through legal systems. Does that make sense? We get to do that. That's not wrong. As long as we don't make it wrong. As long as we don't attack our brother, attack our friend, attack people. That's not God's heart for the church. Does that make sense? That's not God's heart for the church. God's heart for the church is, 
I will justify you if you will trust me. Our hope is in the Lord. So here's what I'm asking you. Ben, you go ahead and come up. Our hope is in the Lord. Wait for God's timing. Stay teachable. Stay in peace. Perfect peace. Come on. Allow God to remove those who seek to destroy you. Don't leave the church. Serve it. Well, you know what? I just, I can't believe. Listen, come on, listen. He is your defender. He is your rescuer. He is your provider. He is the one that stops the mouth of liars. Your post doesn't do that. Your argument doesn't do that. David knew something that I believe we need to know. The battle was the Lord's. That if God didn't do it, it couldn't be done. And at the end of the day, listen to this. David's talent didn't matter. David's skill didn't matter. David's experience didn't matter. David's oil moment with Samuel did not matter. He was still in the wilderness. And even though he had a great moment with God, he needed to have another great moment with God. You hear what I'm saying? Your whole life, you're going to have to unlock your soul and have some great moments with God. You're going to have to do that. Oh, church, the world will applaud your gifts and they will puff up your pride. But there is always a wilderness moment for every one of us. And David's only hope was the Lord. There have been many times in my own life where we've been in the wilderness. I I looked over my journal that was about eight years old. And man, I was going through a season. I was struggling. And I just wrote out these things to the Lord. You know what? I have forgot about them. I had forgot. They were so important. They were important enough for me to write down and be like, dang it. (laughs) But then like I come over here and I'm like, God has answered them. He's been faithful. He's been faithful. His loving kindness is good. Come on. Does that make sense? And if we'll seek Him, if we'll praise Him, if we'll hope in Him. I don't know what God's going to do, but it's not for us to know. It's for us to walk by faith. I hear all the time from my staff, when I connect with you outside of church, how hungry you are for the things of God, how hungry you are, listen, for God. Don't lose your hunger because you're frustrated in the wilderness. Don't listen. Come on, listen. Don't lose your hunger for the Lord. There's got to be some soul moments. When you experience the wilderness, know that it's taking you somewhere. It's taking you to Him. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.